Welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 2, Episode 20, Liars, Guns and Money, Part 2, colon, with friends like these. <laughs> well, I mean, with friends like Hashtag these. Hashtag electric boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, of course, I am Kamal Hats, and my friend with me today is Red Nightmare, as, as always. I mean, Aww. with friends like these. I mean, really, come on. Yeah, with friends <laughs> like these, why would he even continue doing this podcast? <laughs> so that's it. It's over. Pack it up. Go home. We're done. <laughs> no, no, not really. We're... we're we're not even done season two yet. Almost. No. Almost there. Um, but yes, this is episode 20, and we are continuing on from last week, last time, with Lies, Guns, and Money Part 1, where Crichton and the crew of Moya raided a shadow depository mm-hmm. uh, to steal some money so that they could pay for a bunch of slaves, which is where Jothy was. Yeah, he's part of those slaves. Apparently, aside from that, there's a whole bunch of Bannock slaves, Starks' race. Yep, Starks' people. And they actually end up stealing from Scorpius. And Scorpius is there and tries to trap them. And they're barely just able to get away. And so at the end of the last episode, they were like, okay, let's swear we did it. We ran away. We got the money. Scorpius was maybe dead. They were filthy rich with beryllium ingots. And then just, just before it ends, their gold basically sprouts legs. It comes alive. Yes. Yeah, and also, I mean, of course, they have a previously on Farscape at the beginning of this episode that uh, details all of that as well. Very exciting one, I yeah. might add. So, well, the wow, last... that's a lot of exciting stuff happened last week. Yeah, well, last week's episode was really good. We gave it a five out of five. It was really solid, action-packed. So not to give too much away, but this episode is not as action-packed, certainly not. It's definitely much more of a setup for part three. As setups go, it's not bad. Yeah, so bad why don't we uh, get into it? So obviously we have the previously on, and when we return, <laughs> we actually start out with uh, Rigel and Chiana, I believe is where we start. And they're drowning their sorrows after finding out that, oh, wait, the slaves are sold in a lot of 10,000, which means we have to use up all the money to buy the slaves so we don't get any. Almost all the money. Yeah, but though... Because Chiana's like, well, there's still a little bit to tide us over, and... Uh... I'll get some stuff for my bedroom. I think, is it is it now when Rigel says, like, a fleeting bit of wealth is worse than being poor? Yes, he says that here. <laughs> of course Rigel would say that, though. Yeah. Like, he'd rather be rich forever. And, like, than just rich for a bit. Than have it taken away from him. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, when that scene starts out, Chiana's like, I can't believe it, we finally got the money and you're, fi- and you're miserable. So, well, we have to spend it all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing if you're rich you don't stay rich for very long if you spend all your money yeah no that's that's how that works <laughs> on the other hand if you're rich and you don't spend it why are you rich uh, listen finance is not my strong point <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a spreadsheet for this but that's about it yeah <laughs> that's a discussion for another time anyway uh, so there's that scene and then we also have a scene with Dargo and Aaron I actually really like this scene between the two of them mm. Um, because I saw that and I was like, of course, this totally makes sense. And it's um, Dargo is so anxious about seeing his son again, about seeing Jothy. He's like, well, I sent my son away and basically yeah. sent him to slavery. I like that. I hope he's... Aaron's like, well, otherwise he'd be dead. Yeah, and he's like, I hope he can forgive me. And But remember that 
I mean, we know that they've got this bond, the, the two of them. Like, I think this, it totally makes sense for him to be having this conversation with Aaron. Yeah. Because uh, we've seen that relationship grow and and they know about uh, abandoning, uh, like leaving people behind. Yeah. Kind of, well, I don't know about Doug. I mean, Aaron, sort of on purpose, but sort of not really, you know. Mm. Now that we discussed this, I'm thinking about the second episode in the entire series when they were still bickering all the time. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's great to see how far they've come, and we've seen mm-hmm. a bunch of. There's been a bunch of episodes that have highlighted that, and I like. I just noticed it was like, this actually really shows how far Dargo and Aaron's relationship has come that they're yep. able to have this conversation together, which I really like. So that's good, and of course Dargo is. You know, he's he's anxious, and he's hopes that Jothy actually still loves him and doesn't hate him for abandoning him and, yeah, and part got... of him is like I hope he doesn't remember me yeah because then I get to make a first impression you know I, his last memory of me isn't me leaving him and uh, mm-hmm. you know Dargo wears his heart on his sleeve and he knows his weaknesses and he's got these anxieties and that's what makes him such a good character yep that's why we like this stuff alright so Moya comes in range of the mines the Catan mines they're called yes and like, okay, let's uh, contact the slavers. Let's get them on the phone. Hello, excuse me. I'd like to buy a bunch of slaves. <laughs> yeah. Well, they get them on the on the main portal, the view screen, and they're like, yes, we'd like to buy that lot of uh, ten thousand. And they're like, oh, I'm um, I'm sorry, we already sold them. And Dargo's like, what? He's like, what? Stark. It's like w- you no. told me we'd be on time. Your information was wrong. No, my information was correct. Trust me. He's like, no, no, no. I was right. I was, we're, my we're people there. are in that lot as well. Yeah. It's like, do you think I want this to happen? They are there on time. They didn't get it wrong because the guy says, oh, we we sold them uh, earlier. Special sale to a single customer. Yeah. Somebody basically outbid. Uh, Everybody. Gave three times the yeah. money. Yeah, guy comes up offering triple price and they sell it off to them. Makes sense. It's like, triple price, here you go. Okay, we'll take that, thank you. Yeah, seems good to me. And uh, they're like, well, who was it? And, God, I love this. It's like, all right, let's bring it up on the screen. It's, Hello, John. <laughs> it's Scorpius. It's a recording of Scorpius saying, like, because recordings are so, I think, something like impersonal, it's like, I yeah. have to imagine the look on your face right now. I'm like, oh, Scorpius, you yes. son of a bitch. He's not dead, apparently. No, I, you magnificent bastard. I love this. This is kind of like I love this because he's he's kind of gloating a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. And he's like, I think he says, "I have Cardago's son." And if you don't hand yourself over to me, I'll kill him. So apparently, he's figured out that that's Dargo's son. How, how did he do that exactly, Hats? Uh, space magic. Actually, John asked the exact same question. How the hell did he pull oh, that yeah. off? And Stark's like, no, no, there's no way he could have known that. The only place I had this information was on my console. And he tried to get into that during the break-in, but I protected... He's like, I stopped it. Data. I stopped it. I think I did. Because he, he freaked out um, yeah. when, they were ha- when they were hacking him back. And he freaked out and Dargo had to take over. Yeah, so, and, John, uh, and John's like, oh, god damn it. Frell, Stark, Frell. We led Scorpius right to him. Yep. And gave him that huge advantage. So. By the way, while they're having this conversation, Dargo is fuming. I was going to say, like, like, of course, Dargo is furious. Yeah. His, his face is shaking. Like, he's, he's standing on a console with his arms on and he's just, like, vibrating, shaking with rage. And then just rips the console up and throws it onto the floor. It's like, oh, Hyper Rage is back. 
Yeah, and he blames Crichton. He says, if you had gone with me when I went down the first time, none of this would have happened and we would have got away with it. But because yeah. you didn't help me and we all went in afterwards and had to rush it, we screwed it up. So that's why Scorpius now has my son. And he's like, I can't lose Jothi again. Not like this. And I appreciate that, like, Dargo's flipping out. He's mad at Crichton, mm. but he doesn't attack him. No. He he's... rips a console to pieces. I think, like, he rips a console to pieces rather than do that. Because in the previous episode, we knew that there was, like, this tension between them. Oh, yeah, and that during the, this scene, I was like, well, that rift starts widening further. Yeah, but I think it's important that he doesn't attack John because that shows he does still have some level of, like, respect or like friendship for him because if he didn't care about him he, he would have flipped out and punched oh. him in the face or something oh yeah and it, that's why i find the next scene very interesting because dargo is basically looking at himself in the mirror and then we hear a voice behind him saying like what you're not gonna actually go on with this you're gonna fail me again pans across and it's someone in a hood and it's jothy like yeah. he's he's having a vision or hallucinating or just in his mind he's talking to Jothi. A personification of the devil on your shoulder in this yeah, case. Yeah, a little bit. I always love when series do that. It's they his shoot. guilt or his... Yeah. Yeah, like nagging him. And he's like, I, I can't do... Dargo responds to Jothi, air quotes, I can't do that. I, that. You can't ask that for me. And Jothi asks, who's more important, him or me? Well, no, actually, I want to get the line right because there's an important reason for that because this is never explicitly stated, but it's like you have to sell out your friends to get me back. Like, yeah. that's what you're going to have to do. And Dargo, that's what I mean, is like he still considers them friends because he doesn't want to do that. He's not prepared no. to. Even we know how far he wants, to, he's prepared to go for his son, but mm -hmm. not that far. But, like, that's nagging at him. It's like, and the vision of Jothi says, who means more to you? Yeah, And at that point, that's when Chiana enters Dargo's quarters. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right, that, that cut of like, who means more to you? And then Chiana, come, Chiana comes in. Like, ah, yeah. yeah, I hadn't even realized that. Yeah, nice. see, that's why I was like, no, no, the, the specific line is relevant because that lets them cut into like Chiana walking in. It's like that mm -hmm. subtle touch and like, oh, I love stuff like that. Very good. Chiana's like, hey, uh, I heard what happened. Yeah, okay? yeah, how are you doing? And and again, like, Dargo reveals his thoughts, and he's like, I was prepared, just for a microt, just for a microt, I was prepared to take Crichton by force and give him to Scorpius. And he did, which I, I find the important bit. Of course, Yeah, that's your first reaction at that point. But yeah, he didn't, but he's terrified, and he's horrified that he was prepared to do that. And it took him everything he had at that point not to do it. Yeah, but he ultimately he didn't, and the fact, but the fact that he had to like fight that urge, like it hurts him. He's like, I can't believe I was prepared to do that to sell out my friends, kind of like you know to betray my honor, really, mm -hmm. and to just to get my son back. And like he loves his son, but like if the price to get his son back is to sell out his friends, ultimately he won't do it because Dargo is still a good guy, and he hates that because. When Shiana hears this, she's like, well, he's your friend. To yeah. which he responds, Jothi is my blood, my child, the last thing I have of my wife. Oh, yeah. That... Why isn't that enough? Mm. And he's not asking that to Shiana. He's asking that to himself. Why isn't yeah. that enough for me to just go for it and just grab Crichton and turn him in? 
And that's he so desperately wants his son back, and he, part of him hates his honor right now. I think like the what I'm taking from that is like Dargo. You know, he was a captive for so long. He had everything ripped away from him. He pushes people away mm-hmm. by being uh, upfront and like angry with them and being very aggressive. He's a hard person to make friends with. So he's not really, I don't think for a long time until this group, he's not had friends. And so he's realized that he cares about these people. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't quite know how to deal with that. No. And that's what I mean. It's like, He's, he's he's struggling with his like that division between his friends and his family when really like a lot of people you know you know you can choose your friends you can't choose your family but they've kind of become like a family to him remember we said that at the end of season one yeah yeah, yeah. and so he's struggling it's like no like joffy's my blood i should be able i should not care about anybody else but he does and he's struggling with that yeah and part I, of like mm, i said part of him not all of him part of him oh of course hates like, that he can't just Give these people up and take that, Joffy. I mean, that's why he's struggling with it. You know, that's it's not a struggle if all of you agrees with it. No. <laughs> God, like just that opening few scenes. We're not very far in the episode, but that was so good. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes, I love this. Like the characterization work they've done with Dargo is just fantastic. Top notch. I think out of everybody, he's probably the most complex, like deep layered character that they've gone into. He's also the one who I think has gone through the biggest journey. Ah, uh, okay. the yeah. Crichton, come on. <laughs> Crichton and Aaron also. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But like everybody does have like those three-dimensional aspects, but they've gone really deep on what makes Dargo tick, and it's mm. so good. I'm just even just like talking back about it. It's like, oh man, I like being able to work it all out and be like, yeah, this is actually really, really good. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's keep going. So we cut back to the Shadow Depository, and Scorpius is arguing with the uh, bankers there, and, and Natira is there as well, trying to placate him. Scorpius, he just wants Jothy. Like, he bought the entire lot of slaves, and he doesn't mm-hmm. care about them. So uh, Technically, Natira bought the entire lot of slaves. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, for him, you know, yeah. like to, you know, make up the debt. But Akor is the guy, name of the uh, guy that he's talking to, and he says... The slavers, they're not going to search the lot of 10,000. I mean, there's a lot of people just yeah. to find that one person. So you have to take them all. And it's like, I don't want to take them all. I only want Joffy. But I don't have room for 10,000 slaves. Where do I need to put them? I need to give them food, dinner. Oh, such a, uh, yeah, bleh. so much work. And yeah, so he's like, I just want Joffy. No, you have to take them. It's like, all right, fine. But N- and Natira says to him, oh, by the way, you know, those keeping up, Natira's the head-to-toe blue lady with, like, insectoid features and, like, yep. talons and things. She's really cool looking and yeah. kind of seems to know Scorpius quite well. But she says, well, uh, you know, this settles our accounts, doesn't it? And he says, you think so? I don't have Crichton yet. No. It's like, it'll only be settled once he gets Crichton. And he then says to Brockus, like, go bring me Jothy at maximum speed. You can keep the other slaves. Do with them what you will. Yeah, he doesn't care about them. Like, he's no. only focused... Remember, Scorpius doesn't have time for anything else. He's only focused on his goals. Yep. And so he's like, get me that right now. I don't care what else you have to do. So now, well, we go back to Moya, and we find out that Moya is, Moya is suffering from metal fatigue. Huh, how weird. That's, that's odd. I wonder what's causing that. I'm sure it's nothing. 
we get like a weird close-up from the point of view of one of the little creatures the money and it's like it's like right up on top of it which is clearly a physical prop that's moving and it's just an odd shot of like from its point of view and i don't know why because it's it doesn't it's not very good that's what i mean it's like yeah no i I would have preferred like even if it's like kind of average cg like a wide shot of it walking along because the close-up on the on the actual like quote puppet which is in the foreground and blurry and like jumping back and forth is kind of weird and doesn't really work anyway they're running around eating at the ship we know that that's what's yeah going on Aaron's basically looking like I can't find anything pilot has informed her and she's looking right now yeah and she does actually find something like she finds like a big hole it's like oh yeah totally yeah metal fatigue can't see what's causing it though take some samples we'll see yeah okay and now it's time for the flashback section of this episode because everybody sat around the table and uh they decided, okay, we need to come up with a plan. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to assemble a team. <laughs> so what they're going to do is they're going to go and try and grab Jothy while in transit. So what we need is a bunch of people. We can't do this ourselves. We need some highly trained individuals if you... <laughs> very particular skills. <laughs> they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help you, And if you can find them. If you can find them, why don't you call the B team? (laughs) The F team. The F team. Farscape. Farscape. Yeah, but John basically says, we've been in the uncharted territories for a while, and we've, you know, made some acquaintances, some friends, sort of. I I love how this entire list is only enemies. Oh, yeah. They don't have any. That's the point. Like, that's not fair. That's not true. They have several friends. I'm shocked that they don't call any of these people. But yeah, so John goes down the list. It's like, okay, to find Jothi in a in a slave pen of ten thousand, we need the best trackers we can find. And that's blood the, trackers. Yes, yep. from till the blood runs clear. In fact, yeah. we get this flashback to that episode. Yeah, them torturing Dargo. Yeah. In fact, Dargo mentions that's like the people who tortured me. They're like. Yeah, but they're mercenaries. They'll work for money. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Then once we're there, we'll have to break in to these vaults. What we're going to need for that is a Sheyang. And they're like, what the Sheyang are, they, they're not warriors. They're not fighters. It's like, yeah, but they can breathe fire that melts through metal. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, the Sheyang were for PK Tech Girl. Right, with the Zaldinian. And then what we also need, we need some firepower once we get in there. So what we'll do is we'll call the Tavloids, and everyone's yes. like, Tavlex. <laughs> I the love tav- that, sorry. The Tavloids! I love the Tavloids that, are back. I love that callback, though. Like, John's like, Tavloids, and everyone else is like, Tavlex. I'm like, oh, right. Which is, <laughs> this is from way back in, oh, which, what was The second it? episode, as far as I can remember. Uh, it was the fourth episode, Thrown for a Loss. Yes, okay. Two episodes off, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go get them to get the gauntlets that were really powerful. And, yeah, those are good in close combat. And then we'll need to have something to cover our escape. So we need to go find the Zenitan pirates from the episode The Flax to get their flax net to trap other ships so they can't follow them. Yeah. And of course we get flashbacks to all, each of these individual episodes. Uh-huh. And so we're going to round up these people and they're all mercenaries, they'll work for money, we can pay them and... Even though they're ostensibly yeah. bad guys. <laughs> hey, we got the money now. We can't buy Jothy with it anymore. Let's spend it on something worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. It's actually, it's not a bad plan. Hmm? The problem is they don't know that their money is alive and is eating the ship. 
But mm-hmm. on paper, it sounds like a good idea. Well, it sounds like an idea, and it's the only idea that they have. So while they're having this discussion, um, suddenly Stark actually starts uh, freaking out. He felt the disturbance in the force. Ugh. As if sudden, suddenly 10,000 voices were silenced. Well, at least what? 10,000 9,999. At the very least. <laughs> at the maximum, actually. You know, at the maximum. Yeah, because he's, like, he's really actually freaking out. He's like yelling and just... Uh, they're like, no, they're all... He feels it like they all died. Scorpio, like, they killed all the slaves. Yeah, because Xanta says that uh, Stark is a Stakira? A, yeah, a Starkara. A Starkara. In, in fact, actually, Scorpius mentions it earlier when they're talking yeah. about the slaves. He says, are there any Starkara with them? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And we're like, the hell's that? And in this part, we find out that they're tuned into the dead because we did we do know that stark helped somebody cross over yeah and he also during the time he and john spent in jail he talked about how he's a repository for mm. yeah, yeah yeah the dead so basically they're kind of their spirit mediums yeah uh for their own race so he felt yeah felt them all die dargo immediately is like he killed them all my son is dead and john is like no jothy's not dead trust me on this i know how scorpy thinks he wants me, like, like he wants Crichton. He's not going to kill Jothy without having got Crichton. At least not giving me enough time to fix this. So just trust me. And so him and Aaron and Dargo all go off their separate ways to go and recruit the various uh, people that they need. So, you know, Aaron goes out in a prowler, John goes out in a module, and I think Dargo just leaves in a transport pod. Yes. As they're flying away, we, oh, see, I love this. we see John in his module, and he's flying away, and he starts talking to the neural clone, or rather, I should say, Harvey. But yeah. um, he says, okay, Leatherface, make yourself known. And, like, it pans across, like, very... It's a very narrow shot because he's in his mm. module, but, like, he pans across slightly, and then you see Scorpius, Harvey, is sitting behind him. And it's like, you shouldn't be able to do this. It's like, <laughs> you should not be able to initiate a conversation with this neural clone. It's like, well, too bad. I got you here. John's like, annoying, isn't it? having somebody else in your head, and I'm like, wait, what? John can now do it both ways? Can he look into Scorpy's head now? I don't, well, the thing is, is that we know that it's supposedly a mental clone of Scorpius, Scorpius's personality, mm-hmm. presumably having the same uh, memories or, like, knowledge as Scorpius. Yeah, he, he can look into Harvey's head. Maybe. Harvey probably it's, doesn't have... I don't think it's clear. I don't think he can read, like, read Harvey's mind... Because this gets into a whole semantic argument about whose mind it is, but anyway, like he's able to initiate contact and he knows he's there, which he's not supposed to be able to do because mm-hmm. Harvey wiped his memory of it. Yeah, well, but, I guess Scorpius telling it to John straight is just something. Yeah, exactly. Harvey can't get rid of. Yeah, that brought it back for him, and he's like, now he started a conversation. John, Harvey's impressed. He can pull that off. He's like, no matter, my job is almost done. It's like, it wasn't easy, you know. There are vast regions of your mind that are filled with nothing but gibberish. And John says, oh, that would be high school. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. And he says, like, well, now that we're sharing, I know how you think. I know how Scorpius thinks. So we've got an advantage here. And uh, Harvey says to him, it's like, hmm, possibly. Or do you only think that because that's what we want you to think? Oh no. no, no, Scorpy! You wouldn't play those cards. You wouldn't play your cards open on the table. You're bluffing. <laughs> or is he? Oh, it's ambiguous. We don't know. 
<laughs> so, I, I don't honestly know, that's just my guess. So, uh, we go back to the depository with Scorpius and Natira, and Jothi is en route. And so, Natira actually asks, you know, why is Crichton so important to you? Why does he matter so much? And Scorpius initially says, like, he destroyed my gamic base. And, uh, and Natira's like, revenge? He's not a Scarin. He says, you no, wouldn't... I don't believe that. He says, you wouldn't go to these lengths if, it, if he wasn't a Scarin. Yeah, she says, you wouldn't waste your hatred on anything else. Yeah. I like that. I like that she knows Scorpius. And he says, like, this is why I can't have you around. You know me too well. And it's like, yeah, they've got a history here and knows how he mm. thinks. And, I mean, it's not surprising that he doesn't have... There aren't many people who know that. Or who, people who knew that and are alive. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Oh yeah, actually, I will say, like, while they're having this chat, Natira is, like, sort of embracing Scorpius a little bit from behind and, like, moving her fingers and nails around his head and, like, around, like, the coolant system and Uh very kind of, in a very kind of sexy way. And And I like how when "Mm." this scene ends, Scorpius... Oh yeah, Natira, but it's like full open mouth. I'm like, oh, Scorpy, nobody ever told you, taught you how to kiss. No, no, I mean, okay, it's pre- it's it's presented as a kiss, but the, he goes like they're getting close, and he just opens his mouth like kind of like to bite her, it's like, and he goes in on her, and it's like, oh, okay. I can just imagine the next shot. A second later, we see just Scorpius just having his mouth around her nose, and Natira's like, no, no, lower, lower, you idiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, there's also <sighs> some other dialogue. Actually, there is some more important dialogue in this scene where he's like, he says, my coolant system has advanced since last time. He says, like, without, oh, no, she says, without me, you'd still be the same hot-headed young person I took in all those cycles ago. So they have a long-standing relationship. Yeah. And Scorpius says, like, without me, your head, and then looks her up and down, and it's like, amongst other things, would be on the wall of Peacekeeper Command. And it's like, oh... Yeah, oh okay. man, these go these two go way back. Yeah, I bet they have great stories to tell. <laughs> I just like this visual. Only Farscape really would you get like this uh, lizard-looking alien guy in bondage gear, like coming onto you and having this like villainous, like sexy relationship, like scene with a woman who is head to toe blue makeup with like pointy teeth and insect legs on her head, and it's like. Yeah. Titan is plating all over her <laughs> it's body. It's like, oh man, this is shit. Like this is what Farscape is. Why well, yeah. is why Farscape is is great. And yeah, then he goes in for the rawr, goes to bite her and cuts <laughs> away. It's like, oh man, that's that really proves that Adige said a while ago. But it's like one American's journey into Australia's BDSM scene. <laughs> yeah. So, back aboard uh, Moya, Chiana is sneaking around in the cargo bay, looking at the money, and Rigel finds her. And he's it's like, are you trying to steal money? <laughs> like, how dare you? Like, it doesn't take long, because initially he's like, oh, how dare you? And then they're like, come on, what were you doing here? So, um, um, 50-50? <laughs> I think she actually says, beating you to it. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, we'll take a small amount and we'll split it 50-50, fine. And then they open up one of the crates uh, with a blowtorch, and it's empty. And there's a hole in the bottom. Yeah, and they're like, what the frell is this? And then there's a tearing noise, and Chiana falls through the floor. Then there are the little spidery things coming towards her. And she uses the blowtorch to scare them off, all the while screaming like, Rigel, get down here! (laughs) And then Rigel pokes his head through the hole like once. Once these things are gone. Once they're gone, yeah. Important detail. Yeah, and she's like, "Our money is alive." 
And then, <laughs> I love Rachel's like, you know what that means, right? They're eating through the ship. We're poor again. <laughs> like, Damn it, Rigel. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <priority> straight. <laughs> All right. So now we go to catch up with Crichton, who's gone to find the Tavlek called Bikesh. <laughs> I'm really excited because they kept a very tiny detail Ooh. in this scene. All right. You know those plants are blue. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went exactly back to... as the last time we saw the Tavloids. Tavleks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, Crichton, like, walks through some vegetation, and he sees uh, Pakesh. If you remember, he was the guy with the metal dome kind of over the his head and, like, over his eyes. He was the leader. He was well. the leader, yeah. yeah. And he's actually... We don't know what he's doing. He's got, like, a scroll, or, like, he's got a rug he lays out, and then he kneels yeah. down on it. Starts what looks like praying. John comes up behind him and, like, puts a gun to his head. It's like... Hey, meet Winona and like knocks him out. And it's like lights go out, gauntlet comes off and like rolls up the sleeve, except there's no gauntlet there. And it's like, ha, huh, well, this is a complication. Yep. And actually, we have another flashback to Throne for a Loss, like of yeah. John using the gauntlet. We have a flashback, but we there is something funny because this flashback starts with the Kesh putting on the gauntlet, and that's not actually from the fourth episode, that's from this one because he's wearing the current robes. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't know where they got when they made that shot, but if you pay attention, you know. Oh it's yeah, a little not bit. Quite of, correct. Probably like, oh, we wanted that shot, but that wasn't in that episode, so we'll have to do it now. Yeah, we do it. We don't have the old <laughs> costume lying around, so whatever. No one will notice. There won't be a podcast where these people specifically look for tiny <laughs> details, uh, like awkward. ten years down the line. So yeah, then John has a chat with him, and it turns out that Bakesh has given up violence. He's actually moved on. He's stopped using the gauntlet. He says he threw it away. Mm -hmm. Crichton's like, I don't believe you. I only want the gauntlet. And Bakesh says, well, he actually starts to explain himself and says, we captured this priest and he was saying these words and you know, I was ignoring him. But he kept praying. We eventually killed him. But I kept his scroll. And I don't remember. I don't know why I did. And then I read some of the words and they made me feel better. And then I kept reading. Eventually, I decided to give it up. So he's, he's a reformed man. Yeah. Crichton does not believe him. No. Not even right. a little bit. Crichton's Crichton, just like, no, this is bullshit. I want the gauntlet. Where is it? Tell me where it is. He says, I don't, I can't tell you that. I threw it away. So yeah, it looks like we're running into a few issues with this plan. I like it. I dig it. I'm yeah. okay with each hiring having its own problems. Yeah, it would be far too easy otherwise, of course. Yeah. So we go back to Moya now and Moya is in pain. A lot of pain. Pilot is trying to figure out what to do about it. And they say that uh, it can't evacuate them into space. Because he's tried that. He captured a few in the bulkhead, opened it to space. They were One, they were too in, well entrenched to even get blown out. And the vacuum did nothing. Yeah. Actually, we've got Rigel, we've got Chiana and Zan and Stark all in, I think, Zan's lab. Well, they're all trying to figure something out here. Zan is trying to figure out, you know, do some science and do some alchemy or whatever and try and figure out how to get rid of them. Rigel uh, and Stark are arguing whose fault this is. And like, Zan starts in and is like, listen, this is everybody's fault. Nobody's going to blame anyone. Particularly like, we just have to we, fix it. We brought them all on yeah. board and Moya's suffering for it now. So we have to do something about that. And yes. you know, she grabs Rigel by the ears like, now if you're not going to help, get out. And She's actually way more angry. I'm trying to save Moya here. So if you don't have anything to add to this whole thing, please just fell off. Yeah, I like that. I like that from Zan. And Zan's getting to do more things again. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. So yeah, actually, Chiana has gone off to go get a yeah. sample, and uh, we see again a point of view shot from one of the little creatures, and Chiana's got some kind of gun that fires goop at it. Blue goop, and I am certain I've seen that stuff before. Oh, There's an episode yeah. where Aaron gets her hands stuck oh, on the floor oh. by that stuff. It was the one where Moya is pregnant, and oh, the DRDs are right. trying to defend. It's stuff the DRDs can make. It's uh, they've got a secret. Yeah, yeah. We got there. We got there. <laughs> Aha! Yeah. So she takes a few shots at it, and it misses a couple of times. Uh, eventually gets uh, it stuck to the wall, and then it sort of, like, splashes back over her face. Yeah, and she's like, I got, I got one! <laughs> All right, so now we go to see Aaron approaching the Sheyang, and we see an exterior shot of the Sheyang vessel. Again, remember that tower kind of shape with the yeah. rotating parts and the kind of three-way symmetry? Aaron coming in in her prowler, saying this is not a hostile attack, I, a hostile approach. I just want to talk. I have an, yeah, yeah, I have a proposition have for you. Nobody picks up the phone. And Aaron walks into the ship, and it's in disrepair. There are cables hanging down everywhere, and there's like sparks flying. It's been damaged. And so Aaron's walking around with her pistol out, and just she's actually got her like peacekeeper leather trench coat on. So it looks really. There's a couple of like cool shots where she's like peeking around the corner, and yeah. Eventually, she finds one Sheyang, just one. He's on the bridge. On the bridge, like hunched over, and he's like, "We know this guy actually. This is the old man from BK Tech Girl, the the one that gets gets knocked out at some point, but gets back up afterwards." And oh like, yeah. You feel to usurp me completely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's you know very clearly he's hurt, and he's got some green goop on his. Uh, armor and it's just like you know in less than 100% condition but mm -hmm. Aaron's like well uh, you're kind of useless to me then and starts to walk off and he like tries to do after, a after patching up some wounds yeah. she's, she's not a complete monster but he tries to do a fireball at her which she just easily dodges and it's not actually very powerful <laughs> she's like I've seen bigger yeah it's like, I can do better but you know well they've come all this way and really they've got no other option so he's going to come back with her anyway he's going to have to do the best they got because i do like once she, once she's patched him up he's like you said there was some sort of profit <laughs> <laughs> yep that's a shayang and so now we cut to what dargo's up to and actually we see the trackers rorf and rog they're running through a forest they're actually like being... their thought is oh boy good dargo's got them no, but no they're actually running away from peacekeepers dargo appears in front of them they stop for a moment and, and rorg i think says yeah. Don't shoot the female. She bears my children. Yeah, so... Yeah, and she... then Dargo shoots one of the peacekeepers they, uh, and tells them to get down, shoots the other one. He's yeah. like, come with me. And he doesn't say, and I hate this, after <laughs> that, if you want to live. Okay. God freaking damn it. Listen, if it was Crichton, he would have said that. If Crichton had been there, we would have said that. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, you're coming with me. It's okay, it's okay. You don't... Listen, not everything has to make a reference, okay? It's alright. It's the opportunity. <laughs> so, Rolf and Rog, they agree to help Dargo because he helped save their lives. I, I like that he asks them, like, will you help me? And Rolf is like, no. And Rog is like, yes, at the same time. <laughs> and they look at so like, wait, what? No, he's the reason it's safe here. The peacekeeper hunters are gone. I can hide in the caves, yep. bear, bear our children safely. Our kids will live. Because of him. Also, kids are expensive. We might use... We could use the money. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly how she says it, but that's how I read that line. Yeah. Also, you know, getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> so after those two uh, scenes, we then go back to the depository again. 
and it's half-breed hangout time. Yeah, because Joffy has arrived. He's made it to the depository, and he gets brought in, and Scorpius introduces himself. And actually, this is a bit before where the... Brock being an idiot again. Yeah, where they're talking uh, before Scorpius comes in. Brock says, you know, Sebastian, Lux, and Halfbreed, you know, we tried to keep the bloodlines pure, but, you know, there's more of them every cycle. And then Scorpius is like, do you have anything against half-breeds? He's like, oh, uh, uh, no, no, sir. <laughs> like, he comes in, he walks in behind him, and he's like, yeah, do you have a problem like... with half-breeds? He's like, Brock, Bra- you Brock is idiot. Like, he's right behind me, isn't he? Brock, you <laughs> idiot. That's the thing about Scorpius, like, he's a half-breed. So, oh, yeah. like, for him to have got so far up in Peacekeeper Command is very impressive, which is what makes, like, that's why he's such a threatening villain, because he's extremely competent. Yeah, because there's no way he would have been there otherwise. So, yeah, Joffy is there, and... Um... Joffy's like, what are you, some sort of mutant? Yeah. <laughs> I like that he has he has his father's manners. Yep. <laughs> like and we actually, I think... Well, we had a shot of him earlier when uh, Dargo was having the vision of him, but now we see mm-hmm. him in full close-up, and his chin tentacles are not quite as long. He's got a normal... Sebastian human nose with a big scar up it. I'm getting the idea that a lot of the parts that make him Luxon have been removed. Ooh. Either by himself or by somebody else. I think it's certainly possible that his chin tentacles were cut. Yeah, because they're scarring on his chin. They're scarring on his, on his uh, nose. I think... Where his, where his shell would be. I think he's missing some of his head tentacles. And remember, we have seen a picture of young Joffy, and he looked a lot more like Luxon in that than he looks now. That is true. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So I like that it's left up in the air how he lost them. Yeah, because it's possible he was just like attacked and beaten up for being a half-breed. You know? Yeah. So Scorpius is trying to understand him, and he's like, I like this. This portrays like Scorpius's bias. It's like He actually says, well, who do you hate more, Peacekeepers or uh, Luxons? And I like Jothi response, like, well, my mother's brother killed her for yeah. having me. So you take a guess. And I like that he knows the truth. He doesn't think his father did it. No, and I, I love that Scorpy then says, oh, so you hate Luxons and Sebastians equally. I'm like, well, you're jumping to conclusions, sure. That's what I mean, like, it yeah. shows his bias. Because actually, uh, oh, actually, at the beginning of that scene, mm. um, when Natira comes in and explains who Scorpius is and says, uh, he's a half Scaran, half Sebastian, a Scaran raped his mother. Yeah. Which and makes she... me think, yeah, of course, Scarans are probably not that... Not but nice. Not that, no. They're not, they're very aggressive. We've seen a few of them before. And they're actually, nice. they say, like, she says to him, it's like, did your father rape your mother too? And he's like, no, there. Well, he had a loving family. <laughs> yeah, he actually, did. he remembers that much. But like, I, I realized that I heard that line. I was like, oh man, yeah, that shows like their way of thinking, their bias of like that's how half breeds happen. It's like, no, they, these two people loved each other. Oh man, I'm really interested if we ever hear about the scarring on Jothi's face because there's so many angles this could be coming from. Yeah, possible. We'll we'll see. Like, uh, yeah. I, we don't find out this episode, but no. maybe we'll get some backstory. But it's, even if we don't, it's like that implication and that little bits of design of him, like that implies something like yeah, that. Either very that good. he's been assaulted or that he's tried to fit in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it could go either way. I would yeah. probably put my money on him being assaulted because we know that Sebastian, or we know that peacekeepers typically hate half breeds. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I would put my money on the uh, on the other one. Ah, oh, for like a swerve. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, no, I can see it, that. Because I'm like, 
because they hate half breeds, he'd be desperate to fit in at some point in his mm. life. I'm judging by yeah, the think... jockey we're seeing now. I think he's more proud of who he is uh, yeah. than he was maybe at a different time in his life. Well, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll get some backstory. We'll find I out. I hope so, actually. So, now, back on Moya, uh, Zan is doing a bunch of tests on the creature that Chiana captured. Actually, we've been slightly discussing these scenes out of order, because right as Jothi and Scorpius scene ends, we go from a shot on Jothi to oh, a shot right, yes. Dargo in the transport pod. Oh, yes, no, you're totally right. Blood trackers. We, we switched those two around, but that's a beautiful... Actually, yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's great. So, yeah, but actually, yeah. I just noticed it in my notes. Yeah, so he's talking to uh, to the blood trackers and can you find my son? And uh, the female one just sniffs and is like, hmm, well, it's to prove how good she is, is how I can spell uh, sebation and uh, hynerian, uh, but it's hard to smell above the uh, scent of uh, nabari in here. And it's like, yeah. hey, hey. Oh, okay, 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 okay. We got this. <laughs> So then we go to see Zan, uh, who's doing all the tests on the creature that Jana captured. Nothing kills it, puts it in a box, and cranks up the heat to try and kill it. Yeah. But has to crank it's it up, way up really high so it just catches into flames. And then she's like, oh crap, this is bad. The only way to kill it is with intense heat, but there's over 2,000 on board. Moya can't produce this kind of heat can't raise her temperature to this level. And even if she could, it would hurt her a lot. We'll have to find another way. And then, it's <laughs> time for Scorpius to make a phone call. Go- Hello, John. You never call. Right. <laughs> return. You never What's return my messages. But yeah, Scorpius comes in over the comms and... and I, I like how the pilot says, Sam, it's Scorpius. He's hailing us. And Chiana's like, we're dead. Ah, uh, that's it. We're dead. We're just totally dead. Yeah, we're dead. We're done. Scorpio says, like, I want to speak to Cardago. And Zan butts in and says, like, no, you'd speak to me. They, they don't want to speak to you to then they, trust you. Yeah, because Scorpius, in, in the hologram that comes in, because he's talking to them over the clamshell, we see, because they're in uh, Zan's apothecary. And in the background is Jothy with a gag in his mouth. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so he's like, wants to speak to uh, Dargo. And you're not going to speak to Dargo. Where are they? It's like, we can't tell him where they are. Shit, 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 shit. Right, because he's actually still with the trackers in the... They're, they're, they're still, still off there. Getting the backup, and it's like... They, right, they're not actually there. <laughs> Scorpius can't know this. No. So, um, Stark steps in. And yeah, says like, he's like, you'll talk to me. Scorpius actually remembers him. He's like, hey, Stark. He's like, yes, your favorite toy, favorite subject for the Aurora chair. And he says, you can kill Joffy if you want, you're not getting Crichton. Yeah, it's like, I know you've killed all my people. All my brethren are dead. I don't care what you do with Joffy. Kill him for all I care. I don't mind. And he just takes off the mask a little bit, which causes the uh, clamshell to fizz out. And everybody's pissed. Oh, yeah. like In fact, Chiana grabs him. And it's like Because Zan is first grabbing him. Chiana takes over. Zan takes over again. Zan's like... You just condemned Jothi to death. And Stark's like, no, 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 no. I know how Scorpius thinks. He thinks I'm crazy. He won't blame you on this one. Yeah. He won't kill Jothi until he has John. I just need to stretch time. And I like that Janna then drags him. It's like, you're better right, because otherwise I won't wait for Dargo to get back. I'll kill you myself. <laughs> like, yep. One, holy shit, stepmom is uh, stepping up. 
<laughs> Two. Dargo's been rubbing off on. Some I was stuff. thinking, yeah, <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's a bold move by Stark, but we know like Scorpius won't. He wants Crichton badly, yeah. and he's not about to throw away his only chance of getting him. This was probably the most believable hang-up. Yep. Of the call they could do at that point. It looked like it's going to work, but yeah, like doing that without like telling anyone else, that's why they freak out. Mm. But then from things go from bad to worse because power starts failing on Moya and Pilot says, we need to kill these creatures soon. If we don't, Moya may die. This is getting really bad. And then we cut back to the Shadow Depository again and Scorpius and Natira are, ooh, they're <laughs> getting it on. They it's are. getting hot in there. In more ways than one. Oh yeah, this is oh this is this is so good. This is great and it's kinky as frell and oh, it's oh. it's so I don't know what they're doing below the belt, but Well, okay, so we cut back and Scorpius is like on top of Natira, like kind of choking her out and she's yeah. like grimacing and he's like and then um he leans forward, grabs one of her uh, head spines or whatever. In his mouth. And like puts it in his mouth and kind of sucks it a little bit, and, and like, he's like, and they're both like very intense, and then it's, <laughs> and like, at some point. You know, she's grimacing, and then it's like, uh, uh, and then psh, the thing pops out of his head. <laughs> it's like, well, he just uh, he just finished there, because <laughs> that's involved like, oh, oh, oh. man, and Tara's like, ah, oh, just like old times. Yeah. Like, uh, oh no no. Well oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorpius is like, like mm, that brings back memories. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wow. Love it. Just at, at the moment of climax that the, the cooling rod just pops out. I'm like, wow, that's on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so good, though. Like, it's like, yes. wow. And so... As, <laughs> as you said, one American's journey into Australia's BDSM scene. Yeah, now joined by an Englishman and a Dutchman. <laughs> We're journeying there as well. <laughs> And this, oh god, it's it's so good, and it's like perfect because they're also on this this like seat that's suspended by strings, and it's like yeah. this is really kinky, and it's yep. pretty cool. And so then, like after, now that they're done, he like goes to lie down on a on a sofa. Yeah, that's... while she replaces his uh, cooling rod. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a metaphor. That's actually what she's doing. Yeah, so... and uh, I think what does she say? It's like she, you're much more patient than I remember. Because he says. Well, I know that John will come to me. And I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. Did you freak out like, like half an hour ago at the start of the episode, knowing <laughs> that you hadn't ha- ha- you didn't have him in your clutches yet? Mm. Where'd that I th- go? He's, he's clearly calmed down and he's thinking things through, maybe. <laughs> and he probably has Jothy now. That, that oh, also- yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. He's got Jothy now. So he's like, okay, that's good. Okay, we've got Jothy here. Good. Now I can relax. Crichton will come mm-hmm. to me. And anyway, like, so she walks around the thing and says, oh, how is your nurse? Because she's going to put the thing in his head. And he grabs her hand. He's like, recovering. Because remember, her, her, his nurse got hit by the explosion from the, mm-hmm. the cooling rod in the last episode. So she goes to replace the cooling rod in Scorpius's head, which she does by straddling him. You know, yeah, so they're not, you know, they're not done yet. Um, <laughs> and then he says, well, okay, what did you... Cause- Zan did let that drop during the conversation that they had that Scorpius had sabotaged their ship, and Scorpius was like, "You didn't seem very broken up about the fact that you lost your gold." I say, like, "What did you really put in that container?" And she says, yep. "They are called Karak metalites. They look like the ingots, but when they awake, they eat through metal." And he's like, "You were going to give those to me. You were going to 
destroy my marauder, killing me. And she's like, yes, you wouldn't have respected me otherwise. They're bad guys, you know, this is how they flirt, trying to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> wow. She says, like, don't worry, the Leviathan will be dead in a couple of days. I was so impressed, like, you wouldn't have respected me other otherwise. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, that's... Mm. I love these two together, it's great. Oh, yeah. oh, I really this. hope she keeps showing up. It's it's rare that we get somebody who actually knows Scorpius inside and out. You can step to his level like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great stuff. So, uh, we go back to Crichton and Bakesh now. Yeah, and John's being oh, an John's, asshole. John's such a dick, because like we had that, that whole episode of Throne for a Lost... A lot of it was like the gauntlet is bad for you. We had that subplot of the guy trying Zan trying to get the guy to kick the habit. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like very it was very heavy on the drug metaphor. Yeah, and Bakesh is trying to give it up. He's trying to. You know, John's, John's like, no like, man. How's it going, Bakesh? Do you feel the itch already? I I bet the gauntlet could clear you right up. And I'm like, holy shit, you're yeah, like you're he's, egging on a recovering druggie. Yeah, like what the what the hell, John? Like this guy's trying to kick the habit. He's trying to turn over a new leaf. First of all, you don't believe him, and then you try and sabotage it. Like, oh man, it's quote unquote for the greater good, but it's like that. No, yeah, that's the thing about these people is that everyone has that aspect of the most of our main cast where they're not wholly good people. Ooh. And we know that Crichton has done things before that have been like, whoa, buddy, that's not okay. And again, he's like really being like, no, hey, don't you want some of that, uh, some of that uh, gauntlet? You should uh, maybe show me where it is. And uh, he's really poking his buttons just to get it. Mm-hmm. And eventually he's able to, does that classic thing of where it's like, Bakesh like looks over to where it is, like yeah. involuntarily. And John's like, and ah, here we Bikesh go. Bakesh is also like, I need it. So congratulations, John. You screwed up his rehab. Yeah, just to get you, just to get a big gun. Because he goes looking through the rocks there, and he finds the gauntlet. And Bakesh is like, "Okay, uncuff me. Give that to me." He's like, "No, I'm going to use it myself." It's like, eh, "No, you're not. I've upped the dosage by like three times." Yeah, that would kill you. I don't believe you. Fine, don't believe me. I'll take that thing from your corpse and three arms. Well, all right, you can have it. And it's like, he gives it to him. He's like, hmm. So you uh, you mentioned something about money. <laughs> no, no, no. It's even better. Because John says, I thought you were turning over, uh, you were trying to better yourself. And Bakesh is like, that's easier to do with money. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to reform when you're rich. That's yeah, the line. That's yeah, that's exactly what he says. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were reformed. All right. So, okay. He's going to help. It's just like, John... You dick. I mean, you did it, but man. Yeah, and we cut from one asshole to another asshole. Because <laughs> Rachel is giving this grandiose speech about, as we have now entered um, Sinletan space, it pains me that I must leave you at this moment of dire, dire circumstances. But I will do my duty, unrelenting and without fear. <laughs> she asks, like, yeah, you know exactly when to jump ship. Because Rigel's going off to go meet with Zenitans and fix their escape line. So he doesn't have to be on the ship anymore. Yeah. So also, actually, a bit before Rigel goes away, Zan has gone to Pilot with her idea. She goes in to see him, and Pilot's already in pain. Like, what I'm feeling, Moira is feeling even worse. A thousand times. A thousand like, times. Oh, she's a thousand times bigger. So yeah, she's pretty big, yeah. But, like, Zan says, I have a plan, but it involves what we have to do is we... 
flood Moya with Adraxan vapor and ignite it, and the yeah. flames will yeah. destroy the creatures. Let it soak into her skin, into her hull first. Right, then ignite. Then we ignite the vapor. The flames will destroy the creatures, and Pilot is immediately like, No, no I won't no. do that. That will hurt Moya immensely. That could seriously damage her. And, and I, I won't sounds do like it. If we don't do it, it might kill her. I still haven't given up hope She's of trying, finding a solution. She's trying to find another way to do it. And but we need to set this. We need to start setting this up as a backup plan. And Pilot is reluctant, but he says. Zan is crying. Yeah, she's. By the way, at this point, she does not. Well, of course, she doesn't want to hurt Moya, but she wishes there was another way. If it's between scarring and death, we'll have to take that. You know, it's. Yeah. yeah. And I love this that Pilot says, "Well, the builders put our fates in your hands. We'll do what you say." Yeah. It's like, okay, that did mean something. Fine. Good. <laughs> that was Good. worthwhile. Good. All right. Okay. So, yeah, then Rigel goes off, gives his speech, and they're getting the vapor ready to go. Yeah. And <sighs> Sound still wants to find another solution. She's working on it. But, but do we see the vapor spreading? We actually see a shot of one of those little um, skittery things walking into the mist. I, actually, I think the reason I don't like the shots from their point of view is probably the type of camera they're filmed with. It's like, it wouldn't be a GoPro at this time of, like, no. at the time of filming, but it's that kind of shot of, like, that uh, fisheye lens look almost, mm -hmm. and it's, like, a little lower yeah. quality than everything else, which yeah. is why it stands out. But anyway, yeah. like, yeah, it gets engulfed by the mist, and so uh, that's the backup plan is ready to go. We, we get it, Moya, you vape. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Get out! <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <sighs> Alright, so Rigel has gone to meet with the Zanetians, and he's hailing them, and he says, like, I have this proposition, and we see the guy from the episode, the guy he played uh, that board game with, who we think... This... No, 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 his, ha his first in command. Oh, he's first in command, yes. Sorry, Rigel excuse me. asks for the captain. The captain isn't available anymore. Oh. And Rigel. somebody comes into frame and, holy shit, it's Durka. Yeah, I'm like, oh, 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 no. oh, no. It's this... like, I will bring you in. Yeah. Oh. Good to have you back. God. And we see, the, we see the shuttle being caught in the flags. And I'm like, oh, crap. So Durka has taken over the Zenitan pirates and he's in control. And now mm -hmm. Rigel's gone straight to him. And oh, God. So... We immediately cut... I think the scene continues, right? Yeah, the scene continues, yeah, yeah. And we immediately cut to Rigel's still on the shuttle, and it's like, and that's basically the plan. You would be mostly out of danger, you would be just covering our retreat, and, uh, yeah, so you turn a tidy profit. Yeah, Dirk is pacing around him. He's actually kind of, like, touching the scar on his face, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's like, eh, he, he doesn't care about that. He only wants to kill Rigel. Yeah, it's like, when I came here... The Zenithan pirates were just a band of misfits, but I have turned them and the flax into a means of power, mm. prosperity, and uh, it is so very, very good to have you back, Rigel. Rigel looks terrified. Up to a point. Then yeah. There's something and Durkis then suddenly says. his fist, because at this point Dirk is really close. He's to like him. right up in his face. Yeah, and we see Rigel's terrified look that suddenly shifts to his... Confident one is like, he's laughing. Say that, and he stabs him with a shock prod, and it's like yeah. <laughs> falls over. 
And then, like, Rigel is, like, smiling, and then he looks up at the uh, second-in-command, who, like, walks over he to him. He his gun, and Rigel says, And he's like, I like the sound of this uh, prophet you're talking about. <laughs> he's like, now, I believe you had a proposition. He's like, ah. <laughs> nice. Nicely done, Rigel. So yeah. we go back to Moya, and the vapor has been absorbed, mm-hmm. um, and Zan's, like, frantically, like, no, there must be something else. I must yeah, like, try something. I... And she's like, um, um, uh, maybe, maybe we can use a resonator. Destroy them with sound or something. They're like, no, it's and too Pilot, late. And Pilot's like, son, they're getting to the propulsion. If they destroy those systems, we're going to be dead in the water. So they're like, this is what we have to do. They have to go with the vapor plan. So uh, Zan, Stark, and Chiana run down to uh, Pilot's den. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zan says, I will, I'll take some of your pain. Some of mm-hmm. yours and Moya's pain. And it's like, no, 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 you'd be overwhelmed. She's like, I'm going to do this anyway. And Stark says, I'll be right here with you. Mm-hmm. And so she climbs up onto the console, gets up to Pilot, puts her hands on him, and she's like, do it. And they ignite the vapor, and we see a shot of the corridors of Moya being engulfed by flames. Yeah. Just like sweeping along there. And we cut back to Pilot, and he's like convulsing and screaming and... S- suddenly Zan doesn't have her hands on, the, I know, on like, him anymore never mind whatever like she grabs him she grabs him again and she starts screaming and it's just oh it's intense and it, we get a shot from the outside oh because Crichton is coming back with yeah. Rakesh in the module and he's hailing them as like Moya what's uh, what's up guys what the hell how is there a tear on fire a ninth by the way because that's about what Pilot estimated oh, yeah, earlier said- that they'd have to flood and yeah, and we like, see that shot from outside of Moya burning up from the inside. Yeah, and it looks it's it looks horrible. Yeah, and it's we almost white hot. Yeah, and we cut inside and like Zan is like kind of collapsed on the console, Stark yeah, is hugging Stark her. Stark is holding her. And Pilot I I love this because they Stark is like, everything's alright. Wait, are you kidding me? I can see the flames from here. What the hell? And Chiana walks back into Pilot's den, apparently she had to do something outside. Yeah. And with the tear rolling over her eyes, she's like, John, come back inside. I'll, I'll explain when you're here. And so she's like, is everybody okay? And I love this because you can see Pilot shakily. Yeah. Shaking. His face shaking, but also his, his claw mm. as he reaches out to Chiana who holds it. Chiana's like, yes, we're all okay, but Moya isn't. And puts a head on his and oh man it's really like that was really intense and oh it gets worse oh yeah it does because again we go to the outside we see it again and then we cut to Crichton and Aaron walking through what's left of those parts of Moya that were burned and And it's it's charred it's in it's just charred and warped and black and stuff's hanging down from the ceiling there's smoke everywhere and it's like it pans across like very slowly and somberly Mm -hmm. and they're walking along and like i can't believe this can't believe what we had to do and our money did this yeah we did this yeah and zan is sitting there sitting there in in a large chamber that's been completely destroyed and she's looking up at the ceiling and is just crying and it hurts her so much it pains her so much to looking at what she's done to Moya to save her life. I have to admit, the sight of all this scarred tissue, all this burned Mm. tissue, with Zan sitting there, 
Oh. Crying, the music, the acting from Virginia Hay. Oh, Ugh. gut punch. It really like, is. Shit. Then John asks, will Moya ever recover from this? And Aaron's like, Pilot doesn't know. Like, right now, she can't starburst. No. They're severely damaged. And I think what these shots of, like, them walking through these damaged corridors and they're, they're clearly weighs very heavy on her, all of them, especially Zan. But it really underscores that Moya is a living ship, mm-hmm. a living creature, because like it, it looks like tissue damage. Oh yeah, this like, is not metal. This is clearly well, I mean, the way it's. I mean, part it kind of, it of is. is, but like I, the way that it's made is like it looks like tissue damage. It looks mm-hmm. bad, and you're like Moya's in intense pain, and it really, because it's it's easy to kind of forget. Like she obviously she has character and is in involved in some of the episodes but you see her as primarily a ship and now it's like no she's a biological biomechanoid organism that is alive and you know they're basically standing in her wound at that point which is a powerful image when you think about it Mm. and so like they're like i can't believe we've done you know i can't believe this has happened this is all this is insane and we've now got no money to pay the mercenaries to take on scorpius and that means they're probably not going to work for us. And since he's got the money, he'll kill Jothy. But Crichton just kind of gets a looks, gets a faraway look in his eye, and he's like, just looks off into the distance. And they're clearly like, "What do we do now?" Uh huh. And so the mercenaries are arguing. Yeah, it's like, oh, the Tavloids—they killed uh, killed our tribe or something. Yeah, and it's like, can't believe we're working with these people, and da 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 da. And then Rigel comes in. And throws no, Dirk... no, 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 no. Sorry. Rigel doesn't, isn't the first thing that enters the room. Right. Dirk, head. Durka's head. So not only did Rigel kill Durka, he beheaded him. And I like... assume he just stunned him in the first place and now beheaded him. And then, like, he's... well, that's even worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he, like, throws it down onto the ground. It's like, right, you're going to work for us, okay? And this is what happens to people who don't cooperate. You're professionals. You should act like it. And they're like, I love this. I am so... Look, I love Jorka as a villain. Yeah. He's he's terrifying. But I love that this is how he ends. Like, Raiju just kills him off and we're done with him. Because Jorka was a character directly tied to Rigel. Yeah. And the arc he had uh, in uh, the episode where Chiana came in and he also returned, Hmm. their arc was done. Rigel had yeah, already yeah. stood up to him. His fear was gone. Well, because at the end of that episode, he gets blasted off, and we don't see the body, you know, but it, no. as far as we're concerned, like, that's an end for him. Yeah. But then he comes back now, and it's like, okay, he wasn't dead. Part of me was disappointed that we didn't get, like, a big final stand against Durka, but, you know, like you said, that was wrapped up earlier. Yeah. I, I, I like that they were like, okay, we need to, we don't want to leave this hanging, let's use him for this. Now he's, and R- Rigel's just passed him. Now he's definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his head's been removed. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just, I'm okay with this. I like Durkin as a villain, but I'm like, yeah, this rap, that arc, uh, Durka was directly linked to Rigel, and the arc that required Durka was done. So this, we don't need him anymore. It's not like they don't have enough enemies as it is. I know. <laughs> By the way, at the end of that, that scene with Aaron and Crichton we mentioned... Uh, yeah. Where she says, like, Scorpius will kill Jothy. Crichton walks up to the the front of frame and, like, we get a close-up on him that pans up and, like, slightly underneath him. So we're looking up. And mm-hmm. he says, no, he won't. Yep. And 
So, okay, th that's relevant because now we go uh, to see... Now Dargo is storming around and asks Aaron's like, why would Crichton go at a time like this? Where is he? I want him confined to his quarters because that's their bargaining chip, really. Yeah. Um, and Aaron says, like, hey, look, he's been trying to help, okay? And, yeah, and if, if he'd helped me all along, we wouldn't have been in this place. And it's like, okay, he still has that resentment towards John. But mm -hmm. then a transport pod comes into Moya and the door opens, and we're like, it isn't John who steps it's out. not John, it's Jothy. Yes. Like, Jothy walks down the steps, and he and Dargo embrace, and it's like, Jothy, my son, and he starts crying. Oh my crying. god, this is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, so, it's so heartfelt. Dargo is so incredibly happy, and Jothy is too. Yeah, yeah, and... Dargo says at some point, "I wasn't sure if I could, uh, if I ever see you again." And Jothy's like, "I knew. I had no, I had no doubts." It's like I never lost faith. I knew yeah. you would come back for me. And they're both crying, and he's like, "I'm so sorry for what you've been through." And he's like, "And Dargo touches some of the scars." Jothy winches a bit. It's like, "Oh." And he's like, "How did you? How did you escape Scorpius?" And he's like, "He let me go." And Aaron, who's in the background, she's like, "Why did he like? Why?" I. And they both are like, "Oh no." I love Claudia Black in this because when Jothy and Dargo are hugging and they're all, you can see her all happy. And then when she asks about how he is, when Dargo asks how he escapes, like he just let me go. And you can see her face turn going from joy to confusion straight to, oh no. Yeah, she's got like a big smile on her face and then it just like drops. And she actually like steps forward and is like, why did he let you go? And then they're both like, oh. Dargo no. actually says out loud, Oh no. And well, of course we cut to Crichton standing, standing. In, in the shadow depository. Scorpius walks up behind him and he says and I love Scorpius coming up saying, Hello John <laughs> Also actually, small note, I think it's certainly more prevalent, but a lot of people, a lot of especially a lot of bad guys refer to him as Crichton. And in fact Scorpius does a bunch, but in fact, I think Scorpius is the person who refers to him as John the oh, most. Yeah. Which I, I like that. that. That's a difference. And like that kind of implies a, a closeness and like a mm -hmm. different relationship. Mm -hmm. And like a, even like a lot of his friends will just call him Crichton. Scorpius calls him John. And yep. I like that. I like that. that. He calls him John to his face. I hadn't noticed that, but that makes total sense. Yeah. And, and John's like, you want the wormhole technology? I want this damn chip of yours out of my head. Do what you have to do. He says, you win. And Scorpius comes over and is like, as if there is ever any doubt. And he grabs him by the shoulders, gets... Gets right up behind him, like on his neck. Yeah. And he walks off and it goes up to close-up of John's face. Which is a complete combination of fear and de defeat, basically. Yeah, and to be continued. Yep. There we go. That was part two of... Uh, the Liars, Guns, and Money trilogy. Mm hmm. Oh, that was another really good episode. It was a good, yeah, it was a good one. What do we think? Like, like I said, a lot of setup. A lot of setup. Some interesting conclusions. Yep. Like, some people got ahead. Mm hmm, mm hmm. A lot of really good character work, I think, yes. as well. So glad to see some of these characters show up again. Yeah. I, <laughs> I am slightly sad we didn't see the Zenith in the pirate that defected. That helped them oh in yeah, fights. yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the female, right? Right, you're right. Female yeah. species. Because it's like, oh, that's a friend they have. Yeah, that's true. Oh. But like, okay, so 
if we want to put a rating on this, what do you think? We gave I the last one five out of five. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna go for four out of five here. It's not as good as the first one. I the thing is, is like it doesn't I, do anything wrong, but it it doesn't have that extra oomph to it. The, yeah. yeah, that's exactly I, what I mean. The first one had this crazy great action arc, just beat for beat for beat for beat. And we yeah. Just, at a breakneck pace, there were things mm. happening, and it, it concluded beautifully also. And this one, it's still good. It yeah. definitely earns... It, oh. It's not It's not a close 4 out of 5. It's a solid 4 out of 5. Yeah. It's just there's nothing just to, nothing to push it just over I that I don't edge. know, though. Like, I agree with that. Like, that it doesn't have the same action beats as the previous episode, and it's, like, not as fast-paced. But I think... I mean, it's a different kind of episode. That is very true. I think, like, it's not trying to... That's the thing, is, like, I would take points off for it if it was trying to do that and failed, but it wasn't trying to do that. No, but... I... I mean, I've given four... We've given five out of five before, also, to the way they weren't, and that was definitely not an action-packed episode. Oh, no, it's just... That's what I mean, it's like... But, like, that's... I, I... That's what I'm getting at, it's like... To compare it to last week and, like, say, it didn't have that, it's like... That's not, you know... I don't mean specifically it didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, it didn't have something to push something it over the like edge. Something like that, okay. Like, um, uh, the way that we weren't had the amazing character work and how it not I... only developed characters but also had callbacks. That's what it pushed that one over the edge. I mean, this episode Last... does have the same stuff. It does have a lot of good character work and a lot of callbacks. It Not as beautifully connected as the way that they weren't. So I'm, I mean, uh, yeah, I will say, like, when they're, like, calling back to previous episodes, they are literally like, okay, we need to round up these guys. Yeah. It does, it's not Which, quite as organic, I guess. I love. That's one of the reasons it gets a four out of five. Yeah. I'm, I, 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 hmm, I'm going between the two. That's the thing. I did really like this episode. And I liked it even more now that we've, you know, discussed it and, like, gone over the, mm. the depth of certain parts of it. Because oh, yeah, I agree. Going into it, going into this recording, I was like, okay, easy four out of five. I mean, obviously. But now having talked about it and gone in depth on, like, Dargo and Scorpius and Natira and all of mm-hmm. that stuff, it's like, oh, it's getting up there, maybe. I mean, go ahead. I will give it a five, um, because I dug this episode, Good. and I think, you know, it's it's definitely, would you say it was a high four and almost there for you, or? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, think I, so. I can see your point, like, that it doesn't have, like, an extra bit of oomph, maybe. It's certainly not in the same way as the previous episode, but I thought that all the stuff that it did do it did. It did everything it set out to oh, yeah. do. It did and it, and it did it set out to do. And it did it well. So that's, yep. that's definitely that's what I give it good marks for that. So I, um, I like when we don't agree. Actually, yeah, and I think it's always more interesting. And I think to be fair, like this is that's a close one. Like mm. this is a close one. This isn't like I hated this episode. Well, I mm-hmm. love this episode. I don't think we've ever actually done that really. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I hope <laughs> we do it. Some I was point. gonna that say it's a little disappointing. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good, some good stuff. But yeah, so this these past two episodes have been really good, and hopefully yes. that continues going forwards, uh, because we have one more part of this Liars, Guns, and Money uh, three-parter, and then it's the finale. We have two episodes to go, and then that will be season two. Yes, as always with uh, season breaks, we will be taking a two-week break, just yes. to give you a heads-up already. Yeah, a bit of advance warning on that. We'll take a break in between seasons two and three, and yes. God, we're almost halfway done. You realize that? Almost halfway done. It's crazy. We've been doing this for way too long. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, 
But yes, thank you all for sticking with us so far. And of course, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk more about that at the end of uh, Season 2. Oh, yeah. So let's see what's up next week now. Liars, Guns and Money Part 3 is called Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, that of makes course, sense. You know, of course it is. And so, I mean, I actually, I'm going to ask you, like, what do you think this episode will be about? It's easy, right? Uh, yeah. It, it's like they're go- they've got the whole gang together. Yep. Joan's captured now. Uh-huh. They're going to do a jailbreak episode. And that's exactly what it is. They yeah. they go to get Crichton back. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, about looking forward to that. And then after that, it's the season finale. So we're almost there. Oh man, this was a good episode. Like God, I this is this is one of those episodes you're like, man, this is the really good stuff. Mm. And I, that's why we love this show. And I think we yes. do, yeah no we do love this show. It's great. Yeah, so we'll be back next week with Liars, Guns, and Money Part 3, Plan B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, until then, you can find us on the web uh, on Twitter at Hats and at Vodolkin in Tree. Yep. Go to uk. Previous episodes, other projects, and stuff is all there, which is all supported by the Carmel Hats Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hats. This stuff is brought to you by people like you. So thank you for that, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Bye bye for now. In 2015, a cracked podcasting duo was sent to a military recording studio for a crime they totally did commit. These men promptly started watching an old BDSM science fiction series. Today, they are still shockingly going on with it. If you have some free time and can't be asked to turn on the TV, maybe you can listen to The FCast.